This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. And if you donate, you might get a shout out like this. Oh, yes. We want to thank some of our newest Patreons. Uh, <laughs> Ryan F. Stu P. Jessica H. Scott W. Randy E. Andrew F. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. It means a lot. All right. Are you ready to talk about a bunch of stuff? We usually make like small talk at the beginning of the... Of I have the... nothing to say to you. <laughs> we just came back from dinner. We've made all of our small talks, and I had a margarita. <laughs> so this is going to be... <laughs> this is going to be real good. Yeah. <laughs> it was one small one. How dare you? Okay. <laughs> it was giant. So... Let's start with the saddest news of today, just because yes. it happened, which is Anthony Bourdain mm-hmm. uh, died of suicide. Um, I didn't watch the show. I saw a bunch of clips over the years and stuff, and and it's like, no, oh, even that much. I'm like, that's yeah. That's no, depressing. I'm in the same boat. I wasn't. I didn't watch him, but like, I hear nothing but good things. Right, and the reason I wanted to bring it up specifically for our purposes <laughs> is because I swear within like two hours of his death being announced, the Catholic League's Bill Donahue chimed in. And here's the thing. Every time a celebrity dies, you know a few things are going to happen. You know that religious people, some of them, mm-hmm. or the extremist kinds, are going to be like, well, that person didn't accept Jesus. They're burning in hell. Mm-hmm. They did that with Stephen Hawking. Mm-hmm. In this case, you know, Bourdain wasn't known for really talking about religion, but he was openly not a religious person. Mm-hmm. His parents were mixed faith. Uh, what was his? It was Catholic and Jewish. Yeah, Catholic and Jewish. He said he was raised without religion. Mm-hmm. He didn't like certainty. He talked about how he's all about doubt, questioning oneself and the nature of reality. He really liked Christopher Hitchens. So Mm -hmm. this is a guy who is not religious, but that's not what he's known for. But Bill Donahue, yeah, the Catholic It wasn't like League. if like I died and people are like, she had some things going on. Like, I, like the thing people <laughs> would know about me is that I'm the angry right. atheist person. Uh, like his non-religion did not show up in the obituary. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so here's what Bill Donahue said today. If Anthony Bourdain had been a religious man, would he have killed himself? Probably not. And already you're just like, oh, you're making me angry already. It's, he, I mean, okay, aside from like being a really shitty hot take, like yeah. how inappropriate, how deeply and desperately inappropriate. Yeah, it, it gets worse because it's not just this totally irrational idea that if he had religion, and I'll talk about that in a second, where he's even getting this from, mm-hmm. but this idea that uh, here's what Donahue did. He didn't just say that. He plugged his book. He plugged his book, Evan. In the process. And to justify what he was saying, here's the thing about what he's saying. What his argument was is that studies have shown, and I'm quoting here, there is an inverse relationship between religiosity and suicide. Uh, Those who are regular churchgoers Mm -hmm. have a much lower rate of suicide. That totally discounts what every one of these studies has ever shown because it's also the same type of studies that say... Depression and religion uh, are inverse relationship, too. And you're happier if you have religion in your life. And what they all also say, if they're good researchers, is Mm -hmm. it's not that if you believe in God, you're going to be happier. 
it's that if you belong to a church, you are part of a tight knit community. You right. can lean on each other for social support. You can you have something to look forward to. You have something that makes you happy. Right. And I, it's not just church. And I, I mean, have, if you're part of a sports team, if you're part of a fraternity or sorority. Yeah, humans need community. Yeah. And you're if you have that, you tend to be less likely to be depressed or suicidal. That's all that those studies show. And he jumped to this conclusion that, well, if he had just had God in his life, none of this would have happened, which is BS. Right. And I, I kind of dug into sort of his claims um, because I just wanted to know, like, did he like pull this out of thin air? Is it based on anything? So what I, um, so I found a couple of studies and a lot of them, there are lines of conclusion that say, if you are an American who is within a religious community, your your chances of um, attempting or completing suicide <clears throat> are lower. It does not necessarily reduce your thoughts of suicide. It's just generally your um, your your attempts. But that's in America. So if you look in Asian countries, for example, uh, America and Central America tend to follow that trend. Mm-hmm. If you look in Asia, it's it's the inverse, which. I mean, there's a million reasons that's true, right? Like, the relationship in many Asian cultures with religion is extremely different than, like, say how, like, your general run-of-the-mill Christian is in the U.S. But what it does... So, like, am I saying there's really important things to draw from that? No. What I am saying is it is not an A to B thing. It is not if you believe in God, you won't... It's complicated. A, have suicidal thoughts, B... Attempt suicide or C, complete suicide. And by the way, even in America, what they have found in studies is that if you're, for example, LGBTQ mm-hmm. and you're in a deeply religious community, your rates of suicide are higher. Yes. So, I mean, the or, whole point is Bill Donahue's an idiot. Right. And like, that. And these, pulling these statistics sort of out of, out of context is really unhelpful because when we talk about suicide attempts versus suicide completions, if you have a gun in the household, you're much more likely to complete suicide as opposed, as opposed to if you don't, don't because it's very difficult to survive a gunshot to, you know, a self-inflicted gunshot. Whereas if you swallow pills or do something else. Um, so I was fucking, I was beside myself at at this and I saw your tweet today and was just like, I knew it was coming. You, it comes every single time. I, it just, it sucks every time. Like, you want them to be above it. And also, Tony Hugh not only plugged his, I printed out his whole quote-unquote statement, which was so shitty, but um, he ended it, so he talks about uh, suicide rates have spiked dramatically in recent years in nearly every state. Indeed, suicide, blah, 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 blah. Um, oh, God, where is it? He said something about, blah, 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 blah. Um, Oh, the eight authors of this study, the study that he's citing, the Vital Science, uh, Vital Science Trends in Suicide Rates United States, 1999-2016, and Circumstances Contributing to Suicide, 27 States, 2017, 2015, excuse me. It says nothing about religion, he says. Quote, the eight authors of the study uh, disaggregate excuse me, disaggregate the, the data on the bias of sex, age, race, ethnicity, and other factors, but not on religion. This is inexcusable. Versus virtually all studies on suicide include the variable of religiosity or religious practice and commitment. So he not only trashed Bourdain right after his death, he slammed the researchers for not doing the research he wanted them to do. And this is his closing paragraph. Oh, excuse me. So he plugs his, uh, not his, cl- he plugs his book first. 
Obviously. It's called something, something, something. It doesn't matter. I'm full of garbage. The last thing is may Anthony Bourdain rest in peace and may the CDC hire more astute scholars. And then my head burst into flames. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, this was this was not a, um, a great day. I'm going to do my... Um, oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, one of the complaints I always hear is we're doing what he wants, which is he wants to capitalize on the media attention given to Anthony Bourdain. So he's talking about himself. Mm-hmm. And this is what groups do. They, hey, you want to talk about Bourdain? You're going to have to talk about us too. And the response I get is, I wrote a post about this, is why are you giving him attention? That is what he wants. Here's the reason. Because you have to see what these people are doing. Because... Yeah, they want the attention, but the people who are reading it from me, through me, mm-hmm. they're not fans. Same with Westboro Baptist Church. I know they want attention. That's why right. they do all the stuff they do. Well, and it's, with due respect to you and your blog, like, it's not like Washington Post picking oh, it yeah, up. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, no, totally. Um, but the thing is, when anyone shares the stuff that they're doing, I think it does more damage to them, I, for one. I would hope so. And it shows the whole mindset in a negative light that most of the people who see the story are not going to think, well, Donahue has a point. Right. No, they're going to walk away thinking, what a dick. And not just him, but in this case, like, well, look what his Catholic beliefs made him Mm -hmm. do. I want nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. I think Westboro, if anything else, yeah, they've ruined a lot of individual, like those funerals, what they did to those families. Horrible. At the same time, whenever they protest somewhere, it's like you're pushing more people away from Christianity and right. your personal or your particular views. Right. So at the same time, like, all right, if you want to make a fuss about whatever. You mean you don't think those signs with the laundry list of sins are, are helpful? <laughs> right. Those creatures. <laughs> in like those, video game players. The ones showing up to college campuses uh-huh. like you're all sodomites. Yeah. It's like, go ahead, buddy. <laughs> you, you do, you talk about whatever you want to talk about because you're helping my side here. Right. Which is why I love when atheist groups hand out bingo cards of all the stupid things they say. That's awesome. It's like, we know he's going to say this stuff. Let's have fun with it to show how ridiculous he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to do my sort of... Um, thing that I have to do way too frequently is my quantum mental health corner of, hey, I deal with depression to I have had suicidal thoughts to depression. Okay, what I think is interesting, interesting is a really dark word, but Anthony Bourdain was beloved. He had objectively the coolest life ever. He seemed to have everything going for him. Um, and if nothing else, that shows that depression is a hell of a thing. And and I would argue, I mean, it's easy to say, like, oh, he had everything, what, whatever. There is something really horrible about when you have a moment of, like, oh, this is the thing I always wanted, and I still feel like shit, and I still hate myself. And that's powerful, and it's scary. And depression um, and anxiety and all that is something that... I read an interesting tweet about um, it's... Depression is really tailored to you. It's like your own personal demon that you know your own insecurities and your own dark thoughts and all that, and your brain is using that against you when, when you're dealing with depression. So um, if you feel sad, if you feel like you're struggling, if you feel hopeless, reach out. I know it's it's impossible. It's so, so, so hard, but find something. People care about you. There's hotlines to call. Go see a therapist get an antidepressant. And the other thing is like the treatments are hard too. It's not like a one, like you snap your fingers. 
I was lucky. I liked my therapist. I clicked in her right away, and my antidepressant worked for me right away. A lot of people go through... My fr- a friend of mine has been dealing with depression and anxiety since she was in high school. She's my age, so in her early, early 30s. It took until, like, two years ago to find a balance of, of, medicine, of medication that helps her anxiety and help... It's hard. It's worth it. We need you here. Um, if you're feeling shitty, get help. That's my PSA. Agreed. I sure do wish I didn't have to do that so often. <laughs> Seriously. But, um, but yeah. Um, do you want to talk about... This happened last week, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it. Uh, earlier this week, actually. Did it? Uh, the Masterpiece Cake Shop ruling. And... <laughs> what I wanted to talk about, uh, a couple things in particular, which is, okay, well, here's what we know by now. It was a 7-2 decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the baker who's told the gay couple, I'm not making you a wedding cake, that guy won. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about a couple aspects of this case, though, in particular. Yeah. Do you know, really quick, it's been described as it was a narrow decision. Yeah. Do you know the the specifics of what that means. Cause yeah. that doesn't mean it was like a five to four decision. No, it was seven to two. And like Donald Trump jr. Is like, yeah, oh, it's not a narrow win. Yeah. Can you explain That's what that means? What it means, what it means is basically know. here's all it means. The, the decision that they made, which said basically the Christian Baker one uh-huh. applies to the Christian Baker and nobody else. As opposed to, let's say the gay oh, marriage. Ruling. Is that what it is? That's all. Yeah. As opposed to like the Obergefell ruling from years ago uh-huh. where that was not narrow. That didn't say you, Jim Obergefell, like you get to you- get married. Nope. It's just, it's legal nationwide now. That's a pretty broad ruling. I so, feel so dumb because I could have looked that up in a second. I just oh, it's didn't. all good. But, so it's a narrow ruling. Here's the thing I want to talk about. One thing is that for Christians, the conservative Christians who really wanted this guy to win, this may have been the worst possible outcome, even though they won. And there's... Here's so, two ways so to look at it. So in other words, it doesn't set precedence for... It does not set precedent for the future. They want it to set precedent. Uh-huh. It will not. And they've, they've made that... Anthony Kennedy, who wrote the decision, made that pretty damn clear that oh. it applies to you and not everybody else. They kind of punted down the road, like, mm-hmm. we'll deal with the cake-making gay people stuff later. <laughs> but for this case, all they basically said is, in Colorado, when they ruled against the baker... That stood... That, no, and that didn't stand because uh, they, they overruled it. But they said eh, they were kind of mean to your religion. That's it. They said the the huh. rule, the method that they used to say that you were in the wrong, they were not following the rules properly. They were hostile to your faith. So we didn't like the system they used. So their decision, we're overturning it. That's mm-hmm. why it only applies to you. What they did not say is that Christian bakers can just say no to gay people who want cake. They did not rule on that. They didn't rule on any of that. Gotcha. So all the stuff that conservative Christians really wanted them to say, they didn't get it. They also didn't lose the case, which means they couldn't go out and say, look, they're out to get uh, we're, us. We're being persecuted Let, once give again. Give us money. We're being persecuted. They didn't get that either. That's very they, interesting. They got a victory in the narrowest sense of the word. So it's like, hey, we won. But it doesn't count for much because whatever the guys got. I think the guys are already married. Like it's over. This this thing huh. happened years ago. So like in and one they probably sense, already had cake. If we're being honest, yeah, with damn ourselves. right. <laughs> so in in some ways, it's like this is really even though they won, it's pretty hollow. Yeah. Um, another thing to bring up here. First of all, it was seven to two, which means some of the liberal justices, quote unquote, went on the other side. Only Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Sonia Sotomayor said no. Yeah. Um, But all the other ones said yes. Um, One thing that came up 
in... Uh, who wrote the majority opinion? Kennedy, who's been the champion of gay rights on the Supreme Court. Interesting. Which is also, it's like, well, why would he do this thing for the cake and the, the gay couple? Because he wasn't saying the gay couple was wrong. He didn't rule on that. So this is a thing that, like, sort of the mythology, the mythos surrounding it is way outstripping what actually happened and yeah. the consequences thereof. What I've seen this week is a lot of Christian right groups have been blasting about, like, look, we won. This is a victory for bakers. It's not. It doesn't do a damn thing for anything because they, the Supreme Court decidedly did not want to take on this issue. Mm-hmm. They said, here, Colorado, this one case, there you go. The rest of you, you'll have, to, you'll have to come back to us. But you still disagree with their decision. Oh, yeah, it's still wrong. Um, because uh, Anthony Kennedy specifically said they were hostile to faith. Let me quote the thing that he said was the biggest problem, mm-hmm. okay? Um, so he was saying that during the discussion that they had, he cited this statement made by one of the commissioners. Um, this is after they already had meetings where they said, should we punish this guy? Like, was he wrong? Does, like... I'm sorry, just cyber... Hasn't yeah. this guy gone out of business, too? No, he's still in business. He's there was some cake thing. maker that's gone out of business. It might have been the one in Washington State. I don't know. Okay, anyway, um, But anyway, one of the commissioners at one of the meetings down the line, after they'd kind of already decided to punish this guy, said mm-hmm. at a public meeting... Um, I would also like to reiterate what we said in the hearing or the last meeting. Freedom of religion and religion has been used to justify all kinds of discrimination throughout history, whether it be slavery, whether it be the Holocaust, whether it be, I mean, we can list hundreds of situations where freedom of religion has been used to justify discrimination. And to me, it is one of the most despicable pieces of rhetoric that people can use to use their religion to hurt others. I'm waiting for him to say something untrue. Right. All of that was accurate. Yeah. He was not saying what the, the cake maker Jack Phillips did was like the Holocaust or like was slavery. He was just saying religion can be used to discriminate. Uh-huh. And our commission, he's implying, was right to say you can't just use your faith to get out of like you treating these people. You can't punch somebody in the face and, said, and say it's Jesus told me to. Right. That's what he said. Anthony Kennedy saw that and said that they were clearly biased and hostile against religion. Mm. And that's why they should not have made the decision that I they see. did. So, okay, that was a stupid decision on Kennedy's part. Um, He actually said that sentiment, um, talking about the slavery Holocaust line, is inappropriate for a commission charged with the solemn responsibility of fair and neutral enforcement of Colorado's anti-discrimination law. Hmm. Uh, The court, the Supreme Court, cannot avoid the conclusion that these statements cast doubt on the fairness and impartiality of the commission's adjudication of Phillips' case. By the way, they had already ruled on his case. Mm -hmm. It was a done deal. This comment came afterwards. I'm just dunking on him. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Right. Um, and by the way, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg <laughs> is like, whatever one may think of the statements in a historical contest, context, I see no reason why the comments of one or two commissioners should be taken to overcome the baker's refusal to sell a wedding cake to the gay guys. Yeah. Ruth, I love um, you so much. One other thing that uh, Neil Gorsuch, who wrote in agreement with Mm -hmm. Kennedy, but wrote a separate opinion. One thing he brought up is the left does this too. And for example, what he said is, uh, it turns out in Colorado, there was someone else, a guy named, uh, I want to get this right, uh, William Jack, not to be confused with Jack Phillips, hold up, hold the thought here. (laughs) Well, a guy named William Jack went to three other bakers, presumably more liberal bakers, and said, I want you to make me a cake, which says anti-gay phrases on them 
with the, or I'm sorry, anti-gay Bible verses. I want you to draw that on the cake. Oh, I remember this happening. And all three of the bakers said, mm, we're not doing that. And what Gorsuch basically said is, no one had a problem when those bakers said no to the Christian guy who had a hateful message. And so it was, there was nothing wrong with Jack Phillips saying no to the gay couple. It's, you have a right as a baker to use your art as you see it. But there's a difference. There is a difference, but I also see the point that no, he's trying to No, you don't see the point. You don't see the point. I'm Here's sorry. why. I'm sorry. Because Hammond. the difference is... I understand any- the difference. <laughs> I do. Haven't you know, I, 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 the, me saying that I see what he, where he's coming from is extremely painful to, for me. He's wrong. He's wrong I'm not because saying he's, I'm not saying he's <laughs> right. I'm just saying I get where the argument is. I don't think it's right. I get his logic. Yes. Here's why it's still wrong. He's wrong because anyone can say that's a hateful message that he wanted to put on the cakes. So we can say no. You can say no to a hateful message. The difference in the Colorado case that is at stake here was that these gay guys didn't say put a pro-gay message on the cake. It was just there. They just said, hey, we're gay and we want to buy a cake. And the guy said, I'm not serving you two. Yeah. And the other thing... That's uh, the difference. And by the way, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Elena Kagan pointed that out. And uh, here's Elena Kagan's dissent. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She concurred with the overall ruling. Okay. But she disagreed with this point of it. She said the bakers didn't single out that William Jack guy because of his religion, but instead they treated him the same way they would have treated anyone else. Mm -hmm. By contrast, the gay couple in this case requested a wedding cake that he would have made for an opposite sex couple. Yes. This is apples and oranges. Yeah. Totally different. You cannot compare them, Neil Gorsuch. And and the other thing that I, I think is important to point out is saying to compare those two things is is disingenuous. Again, I get the logic. It doesn't mean I agree with it. Don't don't right. at me right, on Twitter. Right. Like <laughs> I, I understand how his 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 right. it's just faulty logic there. though. It's a total but fallacy. Because if if I were Jewish and I went into a bakery and said, can you make me a cake with the Star of David? And if if Hemant was a Nazi mm-hmm. and went into a bakery and said, make me a cake with the swastika on it, I think nobody would misunderstand why one is appropriate and the right. other is inappropriate. So I think that's the same thing as like, I, I guess that's... But also, and the, the issue here is if a gay couple just said, we want to buy the same thing you already sell to other people... Yeah. Can a Christian discriminate against them? The answer should be no. And in this case, they didn't answer that question. They just sidestepped it and said, the process you used was mean. It's like when somebody gets off from a crime on a technicality. Like, it's not, this isn't, this is like shifting the conversation. Which is is why, by the way, it's like seven to two. Oh my God, some liberal justices voted for this too. Yeah, Yeah. but look at the, they weren't ruling that it's okay to discriminate. Nobody said it's okay to discriminate. So take that (laughs) as a, a silver lining if you want. This case hasn't been resolved. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it would go the right way, even if like the right case came to the courts. Right. But right at now, least in this case, bullet bull um, dodged. My favorite like <laughs> hot take off this was a, a buddy of mine posted on Facebook, like just a screen grab of a tweet or something like that. And it was like, next time you go to a bakery, say, I'm gay and I want a marriage cake. And depending on what they, if they say, okay, then you say, just kidding. I needed a cake for my kid's birthday or whatever. And just I wanted to see if you were normal. Yeah. Which like <laughs> the, fine with the sentiment. Like yeah, that's fair. If you want to support people who support the LGBTQ community, fine. 
But my issue was with it is like maybe don't say marriage cake because you. <laughs> <laughs> sound like an alien yes. trying to pretend to be a human. <laughs> like, say wedding cake like a regular person and maybe that, like, just to me, that one, like, weird misspeaking thing, it was like, well, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm not going to yep. take anything you say seriously. <laughs> anyway, hashtag marriage cake. Um, <laughs> uh, here's one that oh. surprised me because I wasn't sure when I first heard the story which way I would go. It's a similar story. To, it's a religious discrimination question. Mm-hmm. And I heard it. I'm like, my first instinct was screw the person with the religious objection. Sure. No, they're discriminating against a trans person. And then the more I read about it, it's like, well, now I'm not so sure. Wait, is this the teacher? No. Oh. So here's the story. It happened in Canada. So the laws are a little different. So uh, I'll, I don't know. It's not know. one-to-one, yeah. It's not one-to-one. But here's the story. A transgender woman mm-hmm. went to a salon in Ontario and said, I want to get waxed. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. Um, there's some confusion that she said she wanted her legs waxed, Uh but the owner of the salon said, no, she said bikini wax in that area, whatever. But the issue was there was only one person working. It was a Muslim woman who said, I can't touch your genitalia because it's male genitalia. It's a penis. Sorry. I'm using the word male. That's the wrong word to use. I can't touch your penis. You're not my husband, basically. Right. Huh. And so the trans woman is now suing the salon, citing discrimination. Um, and the owner's like, that, this is a different issue. We didn't say you can't come here, but the time you wanted to come, this person was the only one who had the ability to, to service you. Uh-huh. And she has a legitimate religious objection to, to doing what you needed done. It makes me really nervous that you just said legitimate religious well, obje- objection because I don't know what that line is. I, I know. All the wording here, by the way, I tried running this by a couple friends. I'm like, look, this is what I'm, we're trying to say in this piece. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get the wording wrong, which is totally what I'm doing here. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> the idea is, the question is, who's in the right here? The trans woman who said you're discriminating against me because of who I am or the Muslim woman who said I have a religious objection to... Touching penises. Touching penises. And... I, I kind of get that religious objection, even if I don't know how the Ontario court is going to rule. Well, I guess... And by the way, I should also point out that if you have a penis, then getting a Brazilian wax requires a different set of skills than a woman would. Well, okay, um, I'm sorry, I, that the, someone without a penis would. You know what I'm saying. No, 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 <laughs> but, but, but I want to be clear. A Brazilian is not the same as a bikini wax. Shit. I want to be extremely Good. clear about this. We should just this. start all over with this. Yeah, okay. Because no, no, I'm no, saying no. everything wrong, but No, please. no, no, and, and that's not, okay, so, <laughs> so. Brazilian uh, is the word they used. So they use Brazilian. Yeah. Okay, so to me that changes a lot. Okay. Because a bikini wax is just like, if you're wearing a bathing suit, it's everything that would be, or underwear or whatever. It's everything that like would be showing above like a skimpy bikini or whatever. A Brazilian is a, Forgive the term, a different ball of wax. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This was it was poorly timed, <laughs> and I wasn't happy about it when I said it. Uh-huh. It as somebody who has had waxings done, I would definitely want somebody who's like familiar with that. Like, I don't want somebody wandering in there blind. I guess <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Right, right, right. Because there's st- like. 
the just the genital region Let's is very different. Way. And if somebody's pouring fucking hot wax on my mm-hmm. chach, I want them to know the area. If the trans woman said, I want a leg wax, we'd be having a different conversation. I would argue even if just a straight up and down bikini wax, we'd uh-huh. have a different... Con- but like... If, for women, yes. got not to get blue. I think my parents listen. I'm sorry, you guys, but like for a bikini wax, like or excuse me, a Brazilian wax, it is you're removing all of the hair down there, and it is a very painful, be time consuming, and see like very intimate and and technical. Yeah, and and I don't know how the courts, even in in a different area in Canada, I don't know how you can enforce like nope, she had to touch. But but all that's. That's to say that doesn't, to me, say... I guess I don't know if this woman who objected, was she objecting on religious grounds or was she objecting on this is not something I'm trained to do? As far as I could tell when I was looking at articles for this, she never said, I'm not trained to do this, Uh though that may have been the case. She cited a religious objection to touching penises because that's... But is that... I don't know. I'm really, really. I see why this is a, tri- a tricky, tricky one, right? Because religion aside, if I, as a professional waxer, say I do not want to work on, ma- or like, can you do that as a masseuse? I don't want to mm-hmm. massage, ma- and I don't know. I'm, I'm asking that right. like earnestly. I don't know. Like, if isn't it my right to say like I don't want to touch a dick? Like, it. I didn't. It's not like I'm a. If you go to your gynecologist and say, I need a prostate exam, like, it's not, again, it's apples to oranges. The question comes down to, was this discrimination against a trans woman? I don't know. And I, I don't know that it is. My first, my first reaction is that's totally discrimination. When I actually read the story more carefully, it's like, I don't think that's discrimination because you're not saying you're trans, I'm not going to work with you. It's, right. It's you have a specific body part that I feel very uncomfortable. My religion says I can't touch it. Uh, therefore, I need to bow out. Yeah. And Which... I want to I, I sort of cover our ass right now somewhat of like, I hope we're not saying anything uncouth or inappropriate. Yeah. I know I said I, like 100 things right now that uh, I, it's wrong language. Whatever. Uh, yes. like, I get it. I'm sorry. We're, we are genuinely <laughs> doing our best. We're two to... cis people who have no idea how we're talking. Yeah. This, so. So, so I want to kind of put that out there of like, yeah. if we're being shitty, I'm very, very sorry. And by all means, email us I, and tell us in what ways we're being shitty and how we can be I better. I would really like but, to hear from trans people who have who, who would have a stake in this, I guess, who, yeah. who would say like, I get where that Muslim woman is coming from, or this would be discrimination like, to off, me. fuck off, you're going to... Give me this service that... Unlike most of the things I read about, I tried running this by several people saying, like, this is the take we're taking on this. I didn't write the article. It was someone else. But I'm like, I agreed with the take that the author wrote. And what was the take? The take was, it seems like the religious woman has a legitimate reason yeah. to say no. And I'm like, this is the argument we're making. Is Are we missing something here? And basically, all of them came back and said... It's complicated. It's extremely complicated. <laughs> By the way, the trans woman who's complaining, that's the technical word, uh, to the Human Rights Tribunal of Ontario, is seeking $50,000 for what she calls, quote, immense harm to my dignity. That's what's at stake here. Well, and... And the salon's owner is just saying this needs to be tossed out. But also, I I understand that for for trans people, being misgendered is an extraordinarily stressful is situation. A, is this a case of being misgendered, though? I don't know that that's the problem I don't here. know. That's not... Yeah. So, again, 
I don't know. Help us out here, you guys, because I have no idea what the right answer is or what more information right, you need because having figure a penis it out. doesn't mean that you're a man so that's not what's fuck this is complicated it's weird do you want to go to a simpler story i guess okay here's a simpler one uh there's a church in dallas you haven't the... asked me if i had any stories do you have you know? any stories yeah but later all right fine <laughs> there's a church in dallas the greenville avenue church of christ mm-hmm. and they just released a flyer documenting here's our summer sermon series all the things we're going to talk about this summer if you come to our church strong copywriting my dudes damn right i I made that up. Wait, you did? Thank you. They just said summer series. I added the sermon in there. Someone pay me. Um, (laughs) We do pay you. You write for a living. Thanks, Patreon. (laughs) Um, Here's a list of what they're talking about. They're going to talk about dangerous isms, ideas that you can like, materialism is bad. So they're going to cover that one week. Racism is bad. Uh, Well, on the list, Uh Uh we have pessimism, materialism, Alcoholism, emotionalism, and getting really worked up about Ooh, that. I'm sorry, emotionalism is not I a know. term. Here's other stuff they're going to talk about: Islamism, atheism, uh oh, Judaism, uh oh. Oh, you know what's not on the list? Racism. Uh huh. Homophobiaism. Yeah. <laughs> Sexism is not on there. Sexism. And by the way, they asked the pastor, why aren't you talking about racism or sexism? He's like, because he, it's because we sell that in the six days. He said, quote, well, there are only so many Wednesdays in a summer. Yeah, but you can really tackle sermons. Judaism. <laughs> and so what this, was the one that they made up? Uh, is, well, Islamism is a word, though, in this context. Uh, uh, Islamophobia, I think. It, wait, wait, wait. Islam is, oh no, oh, he's not talking about Islamophobia. And I don't think he's talking about like radical Islam, like, oh, Islamism, like the same Harris type of Islam. I think he's just saying Muslims are bad. But the thing is, so the reason this guy... So it's innocent? What (laughs) What are you talking about? No, like, he. I think this guy's just racist. But the reason this got so much attention is Judaism was on that list. They didn't care about atheism. They cared about the fact that Judaism was on the list and people were very upset about it. Um, and by the way, I will the uh, regional director of the American Jewish Committee in Dallas said, I don't think they have ill intent, but it's the effect that counts. And you're basically uh, to put religion in the same class as alcoholism, alcoholism or materialism. Certainly, he said, while the intent may not have been to be provocative or antagonistic, which is what the minister said, that was the impact. Bless his heart for really softening that. <laughs> right? He really took Tried to give the him the kindest, benefit of the doubt. He really did. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, the, uh, the pastor is still going through with it as far as I know. Here's one thing that was weird, though. I expect this sort of thing maybe from like a hardcore Baptist church. What, some One of those really conservative types. It, it didn't have it. It said Greenville Avenue Church of Christ. Generic. In this case, it's a black church. And usually... And they didn't talk about racism? Or they did talk about racism? They did not bring up racism. Really? The thing is, the the pastor, Shelton Gibbs III, like, usually these pastors of the predominantly black... a dope name! Shelton or Sheldon? Shelton. Shelton Gibbs Um, III? Dope name and also a dope. (laughs) After... God damn it. I know. Usually these African-American churches are pretty good about social justice issues Uh and they tackle issues like racism. And for this guy to go after Jews, really? 
Dude. Yeah, is that your biggest threat right now? Right. Black people of America? Right. Is that the biggest thing we're facing as a humans? The sermon series begins this coming Wednesday. You said it's in Dallas? Um, it's in Dallas. Mm. Uh, the first week is going to be denominationalism. What does that mean? I don't, it doesn't matter. I don't know. Is it like pity? Okay, so either it's... Islamism is week three. Judaism they saved for last. <laughs> so he has all summer to think about sure. how much he oh, doesn't like Jews. Yikes. Mm-hmm. If yeah. anybody wants to fly us down, I'd love to go to thing on atheism. <laughs> I'm really curious if they're going to post these online because I want to see these videos. Oh, let's fly down. Let's fly yeah. I can go to Texas three times this year. <laughs> what you got? Um, okay, I'm going to start with this one about sexual harassment on university campuses. Okay. Um, so, and I don't want to shock you, Hammond, but universities do not handle sexual allegations against tenure professors well. What? I know. I'm shocked, too. Um, so there's a man named um, Gabriel uh, Pitterberg, P-I-T-E-R-B-E-R-G, Pitterberg. I'm not going to try to say your name right. Scumbag. Um, so he's a tenured history professor at the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA, as the cool kids call mm-hmm. it. Um, so he faced two sexual al- allegations of sexual harassment and excuse me, two allegations of sexual harassment in the last five years. So what do you think? So he's tenured. Mm-hmm. What do you think his consequences were? Hemant. I'm going to go with nothing for the purpose of this. After the first accusation, he was barred from closed door one-on-one meetings with students in his office and was told by UCLA not to have romantic relationships with students. Apparently that was oh. new. Um, paid a fine and took a one-quarter suspension. Okay. Which I do universities... What was the accusation? Do we know? Um, Oh, yeah. I sure do know, and it's upsetting. The allegations, according to the legal complaint, included unwelcome comments and forcing his tongue into a graduate student's mouth. That would do it. Yeah. Which I get. I would definitely not want an unwelcome tongue (laughs) in my sort of face region. Yes. Um... So he was for that he was suspended for a quarter. Yeah. So apparently this has become sort of thematic, and I've got a couple other examples of universities for whatever reason, and I think this is a whole conversation we should have at some point, is why doesn't the law seem to apply on university campuses? Like if somebody alleges rape or whatever, it seems like the authorities aren't involved. Not not to say that if you get the police involved. Like, like colleges circumvent their system. Yeah, colleges have this themselves. sort of insular um, community in their own little like bubble of justice, as it were. I so, don't know like, if this is true. Let me talk and get myself in trouble for a second. Cool. I thought the universities kind of take control of the investigations. If it's not necessarily like a crime, but it's a question of what happened, who did it, like... Uh, if the he said, she said story, if it is a rape issue or something, I mm-hmm. think it does go to the cops. Or am I wrong about that? Uh, I, I mean, I, mean, I don't have the information in front of me. Mm-hmm. But like the problem is, okay, but Hammond, you, you, deline- you delineated between yeah. he, should, he said, she said situation and a rape. I think the major- when we see the majority of cases that, we, that come to us, right, yeah. like that make it into the, sort of the public sphere, Rape and he said, she said are one and the same. Whereas whereas a mugging, for example, if I got mugged and the guy was like, I, no, I didn't I didn't mug anybody. She she gave me her wallet. Nobody's like, well, they both have compelling stories about what happened. 
And she was wearing like a purse. So he, she obviously wanted somebody to take her shit off her. Like that's the difference is it's very rape and, and sexual assault is, is one of these very few because it's not. Wait, so going back to the professor for a second. Yeah. yeah. If he stuck his tongue down some grad student's throat. Maybe she was asking for it. Maybe she was like, hey, professor, I I really wanted your tongue near my tonsils. Is that, that's not a crime. That's horrible behavior is that necessarily like a law enforcement crime that's something i would expect I mean, a sec- university it's sexual assault if she wasn't if okay. she if she wasn't willing and like who knows the context right you know like right. i don't know what happened it, what who said like it, was he she... pinning her down and sticking mm-hmm. his tie versus like were they making out or okay, whatever so i'll shut up since i i don't know what i'm talking about but my Dude, question is since when has that stopped me from <laughs> <laughs> so the question is the university does the investigation or they kind of handle in the situation. In these cases that I'm, that I'm citing, yeah. yes, that's what happened. It, okay. From what I can see, and I could be, I'm, listen, I think really as a rule of thumb before I say anything, just assume I said I could be wrong, but before I'm saying whatever I'm saying. From what I can see, the, I mean, they're legal complaints, but for whatever reason, it does not appear that, the cops were called. This man okay. is this man is in no in no danger of going to jail. So what it seems to be most it seems to be for for students and teachers who uh, who are sexual assault who have been accused and convicted of of sexual assault. It seems to me that the worst consequence tends to be you get kicked out of school, you lose your job, you lose your scholarship, you whatever. That's that's what I've re- when I've read because I'm God how many times have we read this garbage mm-hmm. and it always seems like the consequence is this person get kicked out of school. It's not he was brought up in trial and sent to jail for doing the criminal crime that he committed. Um, the criminal crime is the worst type of crime. Everybody knows that. Um, so anyway, uh, so the, uh, this is a quote, um, students often, I think this is from, uh, Washington Post, students often, uh, excuse me, Wall Street Journal, maybe? No, Washington Post sounds more right. Schools often choose to resolve complaints outside the court system, but within the constraints of the tenure system, coming up with workarounds for accused uh, faculty members, for example, keep your office door open, don't mentor any women, no coffee or dinner with students. Hey, which of those things do you think I'm the most mad about? I just heard coffee and I'm like perked up. <laughs> um, so if so, Hammond, mm-hmm. you are a coach, uh-huh. hypothetically, and you're a monster person. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying like, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't have a monster person on our staff," what we should say is, "He just shouldn't be near women." <laughs> so we're gonna have you know. So I'm a female student. I have these five professors in my department, who one of whom could mentor me. Well, Hammond's a monster person, so now I've got the four. So instead of saying, like, hey, maybe Hammond should be punished for his shitty behavior, we're like, hey, women, like, can you... I know it's a smaller pool, and I know you might not... Maybe you're losing an opportunity to have somebody extremely influential in your career and your academic life, but, but, but... Guy, he likes boobs, so, like, I don't know what to tell you girls. I don't know. Um... So anyway, my point is women are punished for the fact that dudes can't keep in their fucking pants while they're at work. <laughs> uh, number two, University of Wisconsin. Um, is this also like this week? 
It's all in one thing. Okay. I don't, I, I, I'm okay. sorry. I don't know the timing of it. I was doing this on my lunch break at work today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, an urban and regional planner, planning professor at University of Wisconsin. His name is Harvey Jacobs. Oh, so this is in December. So this uh, this whole thing about not mentoring any any women is was extended to men. So if you're if you've been accused, you can no longer mentor anybody. Um, I think there was more, but I definitely didn't write it down. University of Michigan, state in the Midwest, statistic professor Edward Rothman. He uh, was also accused of sexual uh, misconduct. He has agreed to, quote, limit student contact to classroom teaching and regularly scheduled office hours and to, quote, not socialize with students, which includes but is not limited to having meals or coffee with students, according to his settlement received by the journal. So, yeah. This is hardly a punishment. Wait, you mean you don't want to hang out with your students all the time? <laughs> I think a lot of college professors are like, wait, I don't have to. All right. Yeah. We, I, so I went to school at Ball State University, and like the, pro, the professors and the students had an unspoken role that like the kids hung out and like the students hung out in the village, and the professors hung out in downtown Muncie, <laughs> and never the twain shall meet. Yeah. Although downtown Muncie was the only gay bar, so I was, <laughs> my roommate was a lesbian, so we were there a lot. Um, so Will uh, Malari, who's an independent Title IX workplace investigator and attorney, said what I would argue is a very good quote. What kind of message does it send that you're allowing somebody to work on campus, but you don't trust them with students? Right. I feel like that is as so, succinct as I could ever put it. That is good. It, yeah, it, it, like, uh, I just, I just, I just, you know? You know, Hemant? You I know what I just... I hear you. Anyway... That's that. Um, let's let's talk about uh, CrossFit. What? Why? I don't want it. <laughs> too bad. This is your exercise for the week. Uh, CrossFit. <laughs> How dare you? I climbed up so many stairs in Wrigley Field. You don't even know my life. Go ahead. I moved once this week, so I'm practically yeah, we're doing CrossFit. really fit. Yeah, good for so, us. I know. So CrossFit, the fitness people. Uh, they have a guy who is kind of their de facto spokesman on Twitter. Cro- and for CrossFit for cro- as a thing? As a thing. Not uh, just for like one CrossFit gym? is an organization, mm-hmm. and they have the gyms affiliated with them. But he is there. Can you give me his name? Because I have a picture of what I think he looks like in my head, and I want to look it up and see if I'm right. It does not look like that. Uh, his name is Russell Berger. <laughs> you figure out how to spell it. But um, he's technically their legal researcher, I've also heard people saying he was, whatever, a spokesperson. He has different titles, but the one that CrossFit said is he's the legal researcher. And basically, here's the story you need to know. Yeah, that's oh my God, he looks like right. a CrossFit guy. You're absolutely right. Um, I was wrong. He looks like Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah. So basically, here's the story. Shit, he's In, ripped, though. Is he? I'll take your word for it. All right. I should have a picture. Assuming that time he's wearing sunglasses, all white dudes look the same <laughs> to me. Go ahead, my friend. So the story at CrossFit. Yep. The story of CrossFit is that in Indiana, one of their gyms was going to have a workout session specifically for LGBTQ pride, or at least for members of that community. Okay. The owners of that gym canceled that session, basically huh. bigotry. And in response, a bunch of their coaches and employees quit so, in retaliation. So I'm a little confused about 
who scheduled the LGBTQ? My was it, guess was it like is the Indiana Cross? Oh, my, maybe the employees are like, I'm scheduling a workout session on this day. It's specifically gotcha. For so it's not like people. CrossFit USA said every gym right, is going right, to have. Right. Okay, okay, nope, okay, just okay, this okay. one. Gotcha. Um, so the owners canceled it. A bunch of the employees quit in response, and right. eventually the gym had to shut down because cool. ha ha ha. And where in wh- Indiana was this? Oh, uh, I don't know. Okay. Um. So, but Russell Berger, this guy who's the spokesperson, uh-huh. who is there, someone who works for CrossFit, basically, he applauded the owners. Fuck. And basically said things like, you know, indie pride is a celebration of sin. He said, oh, no, Russell. Like, yeah, he said the tactics of some in the LGBTQ movement go against the freedom of expression. Oh, this was downtown Indy. So All we're right. not, ta- so we're not, not talking like Muncie, Indiana, where <laughs> <No>. I lived. <laughs> he also said, which things is very like, liberal. I don't know what I'm talking about. Go ahead. <laughs> he also said it's a celebration of sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he also added, these are my personal beliefs, as if that matters when you're on Twitter on the same account you use for everything else. Um, in any <sighs> case, he did all this, and it didn't stop. Like, CrossFit basically fired this guy. And the really? CEO um, said, in a statement that you don't really hear CEOs make, his name is uh, Greg Glassman, he said, first of all, he's, quote, crazy proud of the gay community in CrossFit. Cool. Which is why you want to take action against this guy. Good start. He also added... Uh, talking about Russell Berger, he needs to take a big dose of shut the fuck up and hide out for a while. Oh, no! <laughs> no. <laughs> he also said, we do so much good work with such pure hearts. To have some zealot in his off time do something this stupid, we're all upset. The whole company's upset. This changes his standing with us. What that looks like, I don't know. It's unfortunate. And then later he was fired. Hey, man, let's start doing CrossFit. Yeah, let's not. I might. Um, we'll see if I can get to a push-up. We'll, we'll <laughs> um, my brother does CrossFit, and when he started, he was like, I threw up during my workout again the other day. And I was like, you're not selling that very well. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, CrossFit fired this guy, who, by the way, is a Christian pastor who also happens to work for CrossFit, but who cares what you do? Like, but he's a youth pastor. He's a tree- shirts backwards. Like, people are saying, well, he has, a real, he has a right to his free speech, whatever. You don't get the... You don't get the, to avoid Man, consequences do we need for to have to talk speech. about what free speech we means again? We do not. But the people who are complaining sure Him emphatically to. pointed to him and me, <laughs> implying that he knows exactly what free speech is. Damn right. And he's stepping on my free speech to talk about it. Can we talk about one other stupid person and then we'll move on to something totally different? Yeah. Which is another stupid person. Uh, let's talk about... Doc- <laughs> when do we stop talking about stupid The whole podcast people. is stupid people. Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz. What are you doing, my dude? You're oh. a cardiothoracic surgeon. What happened? <laughs> yeah. But let's premise this by saying he used to be like this brilliant physician. He's written papers talking about... He's a about cardiothoracic yeah. surgeon. He is the real deal. He's like Ben Carson before Ben Carson became Ben Carson and got crazy. Like he was a brilliant guy doing yeah. whatever it is he did. And here's the tweet that uh, Dr. Oz or the people who run his account posted the other day. Uh, for centuries, we have used astrological signs to examine our personality and how we interact with those around us. However, these signs may re- reveal a great deal about our health as well. Sorry. Then, I wish you guys could see Evan's hands when he reads quotes like that. He does this like la-da-la <laughs> thing with his hands. Like deep a doop a doop Anyway, go ahead. You're fired. And First so- of all, how dare you? <laughs> 
he's promoting astrology. It wasn't just a tweet. He had an astrologer come on his show, which it's not is even his the show f- still on. Yeah, it's not even the first time he's had her on, but this is the first time. Like I think the tweet came too. But basically, you have a guy who used to be brilliant yeah. once. Now hawking astrology as a potential health tool, which is not just a, like, I know he's gotten plenty of criticism for pushing pseudoscience on his show. Deserved criticism. Very well deserved. But in this case, I think this follows suit where it's like, if there are people dumb enough to believe that you're right, that astrology guides their thinking, they may not see a real doctor in times of when they're hurting. And that's a problem. By the way, he also included a link in that tweet that went to his show's website, and I was clicking through the slideshow they included. Here's one of the things the slideshow said. It, this is what the guest, the astrologer, um, this is stuff she said. Um, Leos, for example, are embodied by the arms, forearms, and hands of the Vitruvian man in the Da Vinci painting. She also said pain or tightness in the hands and fingers may occur more often for this star sign. Yes. So I'm halfway through, through listening. Sawbones is a podcast I've talked about a lot. Okay. That it's a comedian and his, uh, a, a woman who's a physician and her comedian husband. Yeah. And they go through, it's a medical history show. It's very funny and very informative. And I could not recommend it more highly to people who like this kind of content. Um, but sh- they literally put out a podcast today. I was halfway through before I haven't picked me up for dinner. And, the, she was she was diving into the history of this, which is of astrology, of medical astrology, oh, okay. and it is much more complicated than I ever understood because every apparently every star sign or sun sign I think technically mm-hmm. it. so like what you call so like I'm a Libra that's my sun sign I think okay. so that's where the sun was when I was born so but then there's your moon sign and your blah blah, blah and like where the um and it gets more complicated because we can we had better technology to track like the celestial bodies. Right. So instead of being like, okay, Mercury was like here ish yeah. that like we did 200 years ago, we can be like, okay, we can say exactly not so only what Mercury was, but what it's like uh, position was in compared to Venus and the moon. And that astrologers means have more science to promote their bullshit. Yeah. No, the, honestly, the, <laughs> and it got, it gets more complicated and it sounds more sciencey because, right, right. because they're using quote unquote real calculations, which are, Right, like the moon wasn't a certain place when I was born. Right. To make the leap, that means that means first of all, Libra means that I'm balanced. LOL. Oh, have you met me? I should have said. Um, I said Leos were embodied by their arms. Uh-huh. I lied. Oh, she no. was actually talking about Gemini's, and it doesn't matter because it's all made no, up anyway. But that's the other thing is like if you are this sign, it affects your face more, and you're going to have more problems with your throat. Or if you're this, like mm-hmm. you have problems with reproductive health, which is the most buck wild thing to believe. It's one thing with like personality of like, oh, you tend to be more greedy because that's so nebulous. Yeah. But like, it's really black and white. If I like tend to get headache, like if like my husband gets a lot of headaches, like, I don't get I was, a lot of headaches. But if I was somebody tells this. me Libras get a lot of headaches, I'd be like, no. Pain and tightness in the hands and fingers may happen more often. Well, yeah, as you get older, you're going to get more pain and tightness. That's not you unique. And how is that actionable, I guess, is my question. That's the other thing. If you're sick or you're feeling pain, what are you going to do? Talk to an astrologer who says you're in pain. Listen to me. This is what they do. If you are, if you subscribe to this particular worldview, so say you're getting your tonsils out, right? If you believe in, in this sort of, 
faction of astrology, you would go to your person and they would say, well, you want to make sure you get your tonsils out when Mercury is in retrograde or uh-huh. when the moon is in its third phase or what, like that's the kind of thing. And yes, you're hundred percent right. There are definitely like people don't go to doctors soon enough. And that's always the problem with pseudoscience and pseudomedicine. But like, isn't that buck wild to be like, Hey Hammond, we need to like do heart surgery. And you're like, BRB. I got to make sure Mercury is the only thing I know is Mercury is <laughs> in retrograde. So I'm going to keep using that as a goof. Yeah, yeah. Like that is what it's, it's buck wild. It is a, maddeningly crazy thing. I once dated someone oh my who God. believes all of this and has since gone on to write horoscopes and still believes them. It you dated my this mind. person? It was before it really kicked in. Uh-huh. But it's still... Really? And I always wonder, like, oh, I have so many things I want to say about this. But I also... interview this person. No. Do you not part? This is the second time you've brought up like a former flame to me tonight. I feel like I'm really getting to know you well after (laughs) six years of working very closely with you. I know, right? Um, It's a question of like, are are they a person I would have heard of? No, I don't think so. But I'm just like, I want to have this argument, but at the same time, like, we haven't talked in a long time. (laughs) We're acquaintances, but it's like it's been a long time. Like Like, Facebook friends, or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like. I'm not just going to say hi for the sake of telling you I think you're wrong about stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. Men do that to me all the time on the on the internet, so I don't see why you have to be the better person here. Also, really oh, quick... I don't qu- think I'm the better person. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I have a question. Yeah. So I've never, like, quote-unquote, believed in astrology and any important thing. I used to love to read my horoscope. Yeah. Did you ever fall in that sort of... Um, I'm sure I read them for the sake of like, oh, this seems interesting a, a while ago. I feel like it's same things like reading fortune cookies or something like that of like, mm-hmm. like I would never break up with somebody because like our s- star or sun signs weren't aligned, but like people do that and people take it really seriously. And yeah. I, I'd never remember reading the horoscopes for the sake of, because I thought they were true. If I read them now, I'd be like, oh, this makes me angry. I think there was a long time, though, where I would look at them, and I'm like, hmm, people believe this. That's a I little weird, to, but I, I never thought much about it. Right. In the, um, the Chicago Tribune has the red eye. I think it's still going. It's like their free daily paper, yeah. their commuter paper. And I used to read it every day on my way to work, like on the, on the train or on the bus, rather. And I read my horoscope every day. I did literally nothing with that information. It was just like a, like the way you check the weather for five days from now. Like, I'm not going to do anything to plan around it because it's going to change. It doesn't mean that yeah. much, but like, well, I guess I'll read it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, if you ever want a, just a simple way to disprove it or something, cut up the horoscopes, take out the Libra, Gemini, whatever, mm-hmm. just have the, what it says about it, toss them on the ground, let the person who believes them tell you which one matches up with which one. Oh, interesting. Um, See how many they get. I mean, if it's 12 signs... They should get however many right, but uh, whatever, a couple at yeah. most. Um, did you, uh, do you remember when Penn Teller had a show on? Yeah, bullshit. Shit, bullshit, yeah. They did a cool, and I'm sure they weren't the first nor the last to, to do this, but it's one I remember is they went to a classroom and were talking to like, this is what star signs are. And I'm going to, we can't, you know, tell me all these things about like the time you were born and where you were born and, you know, obviously the date. And <clears throat> we're going to print out this like, <laughs> this this profile that's really gonna like get you to to understand yourself. 
And so they printed out the exact same thing for every single person and handed out specific... Because it's all like, you're quiet until people get to know you. Right. or You're with- extroverted, but you do like staying in sometimes. Yeah, which is so yeah. unusual for so many... Is it... Is there something about wanting to feel unique in that respect, whereas we're all kind of the same most of the See, time? See, I always thought it was the opposite, that you wanted to feel understood, that there's some larger uh, force kind of overtaking your life, that you can't help it if you're like this, because this is who you were meant to be. Oh, I think that's that gives comfort to a lot of people. See, I always, I find that I see it's the opposite, like, I feel in these kinds <clears> of cases, <throat> I see people bragging about sort of mundane things, and I think that's part of it. Like the one that like you would rather stay home than go out dancing. And people like brag about that as if having an opinion about a thing is something. I'm a Pisces. Yeah. You know. You know. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, here's the story Oz, that. What are you doing, dude? Yeah. Here's a story that bothered me for so many reasons. And I, I've gotten criticism, I think, from atheists on this too. So hear me out here. Let's see what oh, happens. God. The story that I read that I saw so much online in the span of like a day is that an Ethiopian pastor was doing a baptism and then died because a crocodile got to him. Yeah. So I'm going to read you what the BBC article, because it was on the BBC's website, said. Uh, His name, Docho Esheti, was conducting the ceremony for about 80 people at some place. Residents and police told... BBC Amharic, like a subset, Mm. subsidiary of BBC, a crocodile leapt from the water during the baptism and attacked him. The pastor died after being bitten on his legs, back, and hands. Yes. We we (coughs) talked about this earlier on our drive over here. Oh. This is what I was talking to you about when we're, we'll talk about it later. I totally don't remember this. We were driving here. It was when I was peeling that that old ass sticker off your car. Go ahead. Hey, yeah. So anyway... I read the story and I'm like, there's no way this actually happened. And then I saw so many articles about this thing that makes you think, no, it totally happened. And so here's my argument for why I don't believe this story. Um, Oh, you don't think it's true on its face? I don't think it's true at all. Really? And it's on the BBC's website, which they're credible. They know what they're doing. Yeah. But here's my problem with it, okay? All the new, if you look this story up, Uh you will find a million articles about it. All of them, I think, just about all of them, will say, according to the BBC, because they're all citing this single article, mm-hmm. right? The BBC article says they didn't do their original reporting on this. They're citing a BBC affiliate in Ethiopia, or that covers Ethiopia. Uh-huh. So I went to that article on their website. And it's one of those, like, it's in another language. I have to use Google Translate to make sense of it. Okay. That article seemed like, eh, this seems pretty shoddy reporting. It sounds like you're getting, like, third-hand reporting from people who said this sort of thing happened. Okay. How do you have 80 people for a baptism and nobody has a phone? Nobody has videotape of any of this? Also, just to keep going on this, Uh no photos, no videos. I've heard stories like this before, too, and, like, they're never true. Last year, there was a story about a Zimbabwe pastor who was trying to walk on water, and then, oh, he drowned and got eaten by crocodiles. Huh. That story had witnesses, allegedly. And this also feels very <clears throat> uh, white people thinking everybody in Africa gets eaten by crocodiles. Something like that. It's Snow- like the way you die in Africa is either eaten by crocodiles or run down by wildebeests. Yeah. 
uh, Snopes said that story about the walking on water getting eaten by crocodiles. Mm-hmm. They said that was false. And even the Daily Mail, which is notorious for spreading stories right. like this, posted an article saying that one was satirical. Who's writing about it? The story was spread initially by the usual cast of people who propagate uh-huh. bullshit stories, which is like Fox News, British tabloids, stuff like that. Uh-huh. It's not like the New York Times was reporting on this because they talked to people and they went there. It's all like, it goes back to one source. And I read That's that article and I don't trust that source. Like just reading the article, it's like, I don't think you talk to these people firsthand. I don't know. And <clears> I... And the, here's what I wrote. I wrote... There's like my title of the piece was no, an Ethiopian pastor did not get eaten by a crocodile during a baptism. And the argument I heard back is like, you don't know that he didn't. Which, well, that's not how skeptics talk. Well, which is fair. Like I made a definitive statement. They're like, maybe he did. You don't know. But the point is, I'm like, er, people seem to be believing the story. I know that because they're sending me the story saying, look at how stupid this guy was. Right. It's like, I, I don't think this actually happened. Anyway. I'm holding out. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull a conspiracy theory here. Conspiracy theory here. I don't think this actually happened. I want more evidence on this one, and I don't think I'm gonna get it because every article about this just cites back the same original faulty story. So if nothing else, it's poor reporting. Like it, it's it, even absolutely if it's true, we reporting. don't have enough evidence to say that it's yeah. true. Yeah, the BBC is saying, look at one of our affiliates. Look at what they said. It's like even the BBC, the the credible source is not citing a credible source. Yeah. And I want to be clear because a few people sent this to us. Yes, we don't believe in religion. I am not pro people dying. Yeah, I just I want to be clear. I I like, this this is not something die. that like I'm comfortable. Gl- and I get it. Like it's a very, I mean, it's, I think it is now that you say that, obviously it's probably almost certainly not true, but even if it was true, like, <clears throat> like yeah, it's we're not, not gloating. Yeah. About it's it. not my jam to gloat about somebody die. Like I wasn't saying it's a gloat about it, but just no, no, to no, say I, like, I know, but like even like people who like get bit by <clears throat> snakes and things like that, you like, yes, they made poor decisions. <laughs> Right. I do not want these people to also die. Like, I, I really, you know what? I feel like it's important to make my stand there. I am <laughs> anti-people dying, even <clears throat> if it's under stupid circumstances. Yes. Um, so, I don't know. Everyone who has sent me the story seems very convinced it's legit. Yeah, it I've gotten like. it too. Um, I'm, I'm a doubter. Prove me wrong, people. And by the way, why would you baptize anybody in crocodile-infested water? That's Yeah, I mean, it's all not great. And it does have a tinge of, like, xenophobia and, like, yeah, it it doesn't quite pass the smell test for me. I promise you'll hear another story like it next year, too. Um, So I had sort of an interest. So today's been a wild day. Um, Just a lot of crazy news happening. Um, Do you know who uh, who Kat Von D is? Is this somebody in your sphere? Uh, as of three hours ago, yes. Oh, it is? Okay. So, <laughs> so okay. So, Kat Von D is somebody I who is a uh, real a tattoo artist and a reality show celebrity and, a, and has apparently, what I hear from a lot of my friends, a very good makeup line. Okay. Um, and she, um, so the only thing I know her from, it, when I was in college, so that would have been 10 years ago or so, 10, 12 years ago, she was on one of those... Remember when, like, tattoo shows were super popular yeah. in, like, 2006? She was on one of those. She does really good um, portrait tattoo work, which we've all seen 
the bad ones <laughs> when they're okay. bad. They're aggressively bad. Um, but it, she's a very talented tattoo artist. She also has a very like alt goth sort of rebellious punk aesthetic going for her. Um, she has face tattoos. She's like gorgeous. It's fine. It feels whatever. It, it is what it is. Okay, she's <laughs> what, a good artist. She's a good artist, and she's somebody that people have followed. Be, and, and so many people follow on social media. She's like a Kylie Jenner type, and she has this apparently great, uh, great makeup line. Um, and the first headline I saw regarding this story was. Kat Bundy comes out as an anti-vaxxer and that's a huge bummer or something to that effect. And so I reached out to some people who like kind of know that and I was like, okay, I know who Kat Bundy is. Tell me why I care about her opinion. Um, so essentially what happened was she she's vegan. She's very like crunchy in that sort of way, not to disparage on vegans, just is in that sort of lifestyle. Um, and when she, uh, she announced her pregnancy and was very much like, we're going to raise this boy vegan, um, and we're not going to, uh, we're not going to vaccinate him. We don't believe in X, Y, Z. And people are of course like falling all over themselves and be like, oh my God, you're so brave. <laughs> um, I don't think I need to explain to our listening audience why any vaxxers are really, really dangerous. Um, but nonetheless, it, it is a bummer anytime somebody with any sort of platform comes out against vaccinations because even if the, even when they couch it, which I think she did, of she didn't specifically say it causes autism. She didn't. No, she didn't say that. She was just like, it's just not part of her plan for this kid, and it's very personal and whatever. Um, that's always a stone cold bummer because it is somebody speaking from both a place of privilege and a place of ignorance. Um, As many commenters pointed out, it's ironic that, you know, the vaccination needle is the one needle she doesn't want anything to do with. Well played, Internet. It's very good, Internet. Um, And so I have this, like, feminist Facebook group that I'm in. And, like, a lot of times I'll, like, do, like, cultural touch points. of like, why why do I care what Kat Bundy thinks about? Like, why is... I literally said I'm going to talk about it on the podcast. Like, why is this somebody who is worth mentioning? So it turns out... We shouldn't care what she says because she's an anti-Semite and neo-Nazi. Really? <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is like, maybe we should just kind of throw her out in the trash metaphorically and not literally, I'm not threatening anybody, <laughs> but like maybe she's not a person we need to listen to anymore. The reason I was concerned uh, be having n- no one knowledge of who uh-huh. she is is that she has like, what, 12 million Instagram followers, which is where she posted this. Yeah. It's like, I don't care... Who- what other beliefs do you have? You clearly have a fan base. Yes. And some of them are going to see it and say, all right, no certain foods for my baby. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I had to look that up, too, because I'm like, I'm vegetarian. Yeah. And, like, kids don't eat a ton of meat. Right. But, like, but it happens. And, like, I'm not but fighting not that one. vegan. But they're definitely not vegan. And it's like, when you look it up, what, they, what I saw was basically, like, you could do it. But you got to do it the right way because your kids need some certain yeah. types of nutrition. So you got to make sure they're getting the following things, even if they're not eating meat. And the thing is, so you have to do it the right way. You have to do it very carefully. Mm. Just saying, well, they're not going to get this food. That's a different issue. Like, you better do that right. Yeah, it's one thing for, like, an adult. Yeah. Or even, like, a teen. And, and they would say this to you even if you became vegan at our age or something. It's like, that's fine. You can be vegan. That's possible. Mm-hmm. But you still need the following, like, to make sure you're getting this in your body. Yeah. And vegans know that. And yeah. they know how to get around it. And right. that's fine. 
but the vaccine thing. And I want to be clear, I could not care any less about adults' dietary habits. Like, I feel like vegans often feel attacked because people are always like, how do you get your protein? As if that's, like, I give a shit how anybody gets their protein. Apparently that's a thing (laughs) vegans get a lot, so I want to be clear. Like, make your own choices, row your own own canoe, whatever. Babies, though. Yeah, what are you doing to your kids? But also, I'm sort of on this weird thing of, like, I feel like moms particularly get so much shit on every choice they make for their baby. No, like, but this is, is a legitimate. You thing? should get shit for this because it's a dumb yeah. decision. Cat Von D. But I just feel like people are like, oh, I give my kid a pacifier and I get shit for it. Or I don't give my kid a pacifier. Like, yeah, this is why I don't tell. Yeah, I don't tell anybody what I do with my kids because I don't, I don't care what you think about it. Yeah. But on this one where it's like, no, this is a matter of like your child's health. Yeah. Not just a, well, this, they'll turn out weird if they have a passy in their mouth. <laughs> Like, no, this is your kid's not going to make it. definitely a direct quote from somebody once said, <laughs> fucking weird kids. Unquote. I was yeah. always told that I would get, I sucked <clears throat> my thumb too long and I would get buck teeth. <laughs> I had braces. I still have garbage teeth. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, maybe we just shouldn't listen to this idiot. Yeah. I don't know. I also, people apparently feed their pets vegan diets. Too. That I'm not down with. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I don't even like animals. And I'm like, that's No, wrong. you don't like animals. Yeah. Hammond always inspects daddy's food whenever he comes over. He's like, are you giving this dog the yes. proper nutrition? I got one more story for you that is... Oh, no. Oh, no. It's fine. It is fine. Save the equipment. Okay, you talk. I'm going to clean. All right. So Denmark just passed a burqa ban. Uh, they did this on Thursday. They basically banned the Islamic face coverings, the burqa, the niqab from public spaces. Basically, if women are caught, uh, I'm sorry, this happened last week, but if they're caught wearing either one, uh-huh. they could be hit with a fine worth like 150 bucks American dollars. So you said it's a face? The face veil, the cover up their face, uh-huh. or just the hijab over their heads. Really? Uh, hijab, I'm sorry, not hijab. the hijab. Hijab is fine. Okay. It's the face coverings. But basically, you can get $150 to a $1,500 fine, depending on how often Didn't this Didn't France do happened. this a couple years ago? Oh, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think France does have this sort of restriction. Okay. So does Austria. So does Belgium. And the biggest problem I have with this, they're doing it for security purposes. They say it's assimilation as well. The problem I have with it Ooh, is... assimilation when is... You, that's a not touchy great. word there. Yeah. When you're telling uh, one of the criticisms people have of like radical Islam is these people are telling women they have to cover themselves. And we're like, no, give them freedom to wear what they want. Because the argument I've always heard from atheists, too, is, uh, yeah, I don't like the burqa. I wish they didn't wear the uh, niqab or whatever. But I wish they really legitimately had a choice. Right. Because that's a different story. The problem is they don't always have that choice. But it's not for you or I to say, like, you're... Because if you ask many of these women who wear hijabs or... They want to. They they, tell you they want to to wear it for whatever reason. Is there an argument to be made of, like, well, it comes from a really, like, patriarchal culture where women are punished for having faces and being, quote-unquote, sexually desirable? Yes. Is that whole thing problematic? Yes. That said, like... Each individual woman, I can't sit down and be like, no, like condescendingly, yeah. like, do you understand why you make the choices? Like, that's <laughs> and shitty. And what Denmark is doing is saying, we don't want, like, these, what have the patriarchal culture, the Muslim mm-hmm. men making this decision. We're going to make the decision for you. It's you all can't bad. Wear it's it. bad all over. There's nothing good about this. Yeah. Like, the idea I that do, okay, I do. if we condemn Muslims 
radical Muslims, whatever, who demand that women wear these coverings, we should condemn people who force them they against wearing it. Nobody should tell me what I can or cannot appear in in right. public. Right? right? Like, if I... There are other ways to do security than telling women you have to show parts of your body that you don't want to show. Yes. If I walk down the street in a tank top, which is all I wear in the summer, and somebody's mad because they can see my shoulders... And in the Chicago winters. And in the Chicago winters, I have very tough shoulders. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that about me. Nobody has the right to say, Jessica, you cannot show right. X, Y, or Z. By the same token, if I want to wear long sleeves to work every day, nobody has the right to say, like, no, you need to show your arms for yeah. whatever reason. We can look at you funny, but that's different from saying you can't do it. Yeah, like, you can be an asshole of your own yeah. merits, but the law can't tell me right. to do anything. Amnesty International said of the Denmark ban, this blanket ban is neither necessary nor proportionate and violates the rights to freedom of expression yeah. and religion. Even the Center for Inquiry uh, did it in Germany when they were considering a proposal like this last year. They said something very similar. Such a ban would constitute a retreat from the protection of freedom of religion and expression. This retreat could worsen tensions, embolden the country's extremist nationalists, and push Muslim women and girls who are already in a vulnerable state mm-hmm. deeper into fear and isolation. Because what's going to happen if they, they don't really, leave their house? They don't leave their house. They don't leave if their they house. don't get a choice about this stuff, and that's not good for anybody either. Right. So here's my question, mm-hmm. and I'm doing the thing that I hate, which is sort of playing devil's advocate, but it's it's actually a conversation I want to have. If I walk around downtown Chicago with a mask on my face. Mm-hmm. That would seem suspicious and draw attention. And and maybe if you're a cop, I would be like, hmm, that's weird. I'm going to keep an eye out on you for a little bit right. because I want to see what's going on. Maybe. Right. It doesn't mean I'm doing anything to you or stopping you. Well, but I'd, not I, like cops have the most sterling reputation. I know. Just keep it on people. Um, but it, there would have to be some cause, right, for them to yes. do anything in theory. Um, that's different from saying you can't do that. Like if I, uh, this is just like, this is like, an this airport. is a thought. This isn't. Yeah, this some... is, yeah, this is definitely like a, a, a thought, not thought crime. What is it? Thought, thought experiment. experiment thank you. Mm-hmm. If I only left my house if I was wearing a Phantom of the Opera mask. Yes. Or, or just like a full on, like cover my face mask. I can see you can't see me. Is that something that like at, that would that be if not just like I did it once if it was my custom yeah. every time I went downtown to downtown Chicago if I lived there I walked around the city streets and always had a mask on would at some point people be like maybe that isn't no right they would let you do it yeah we would just look at you funny which is fine I think I just, just talked myself out of it because I was like God I feel like if somebody never showed their face I'd be kind of suspicious of them but like no. Fuck off. You don't get to do that. I get to wear whatever the fuck I want in public. Cool. Talk myself out of a garbage opinion. Nicely Good done. job again, Jessica. <laughs> I got nothing else. I got one Go more. And I actually think I stole this from you because I couldn't find yeah. a lot of um, stories I was crazy about. Um, an ex-lesbian is super chill and things, the Me Too movement. Um, ex-lesbian. Ex-lesbian. Yes. Did I gloss over that too quickly? I just wanted to make sure we heard that. Yeah. Um, so... For a Christian website, there is a woman who um, is an ex-lesbian, and she is really concerned about women embracing the Me Too movement. 
Um, I would love, Hammond, if you'll permit me, I would love to read some excerpts. Uh Uh-huh. What did she say? (laughs) This is honestly maybe one of my favorite sentences I've ever read. In the past, while living as a lesbian for 14 years, my beliefs were far to the left and I supported women's rights. (laughs) I used to, but I'm not one of those people anymore. The tone is so like... (laughs) (laughs) Like when baby boomers are like, yeah, in the 60s, when I was like all about free love and smoked pot every day. Like, that's how I feel like, oh, I thought women should have rights. What an (laughs) asshole I was. I grew up. Um, (laughs) When I look at all the women who have left the homosexual lifestyle and knowing the hate they have for men. Again, I really want to be clear. I do hate men. It has nothing to do with my (laughs) feminism. It just has to do with my life experience. Yes. this uh, Me Too, uh, excuse me, this Me Too movement could lead even Christian women in the wrong direction. I would never want them to lose what the Lord has taught us regard- in the world regarding his order. He made us, he knows how best men and women are meant to go through life together, submitting to one another, lol, and humbling themselves before the Father. And then she quotes a bunch of stri- scripture, and I really want to dig into this. This kind of immorality has caused many women to suffer great. Okay, so she she talked about men being garbage people to women as they are want to do this kind of immorality men assaulting women i want to be clear when she says immorality she means assault has caused many women women to suffer grave injustices perpetrated by men through sexual physical and verbal abuse these injustices were never a part of God's plan as the secular progressives would like us to believe and have fueled movements like the feminist movement, capital F, (laughs) capital M. Wait, wait, so the God that has genocide and incest. Yeah, but he didn't like, uh, he he didn't want to, he didn't want you to hit women. Oh, all right, all right. So it's always interesting to hear from these ex-lesbians because they're super passionate Super passionate and a really important faction. I might have thrown away my notes for this. Sometimes (laughs) I get really excited. Uh, The Me Too movement. uh, So instead, this is part of the enemy's plan. And our real enemy, as you know, is... Uh, uh, Satan. Satan. You got it, Hammett. Good job. It's always Satan. Sorry, I I really, I almost threw away that last line, and <laughs> it you, felt like a really important line. Well, it's because it was all Bill Donahue's words and Bill Donahue's <laughs> words, and I just didn't want to look at them anymore. Um, so anyway, that's going away now. Yes. So yeah. Um, in conclusion, God's plan isn't for men to hit women, but if they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of it. like she doesn't necessarily offer no. solutions. By I the guess. way, this has been a—I mean, these past few weeks for churches and the Me Too movement yeah. has been pretty bad for them. Yeah, there's a lot of bad eggs in in it the church. It sure does feel is. like every week is worse than the week before it, huh? <laughs> yes, huh? Doesn't it? It does. Um, I have listener mail. What? Yeah. Oh, it's not here. It's here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this listener mail was written to me, which I didn't realize until I was you? printing it out. Thank you. Um, by the way, if you um, if you have a question or comment or concern that you'd like to share with Hemet and myself, you friendly can... atheist podcast at gmail.com. Yes, please. We both get them. Hemet usually responds, and then I respond later. Sometimes, <laughs> Jessica. You know I start this. Uh, <laughs> you're awesome. Keep shut. <laughs> I do feel weird saying nice things about me because I'm so used to reading garbage things. <laughs> uh, you're awesome. Keep shouting curse words at the top of your lungs for all the world to hear. You're a free woman who's free to use whatever language you want. Right on, sister. Fuck those assholes who think you need to, quote, tone it down for atheism to be accepted. This is a good question. 
This is a great question. Um, I, <laughs> I bolded the part I meant to read. I'm oh, just going to okay. read this whole thing anyway. <laughs> Listen, I have so much shit <laughs> flung at me each week. I want to read the nice things once in a goddamn while. Hemant. <laughs> uh, that's like saying uh, kneeling for the national anthem isn't an appropriate activity for football because it makes people uncomfortable. Praise you and Hemant, your act two aside. Thank you. Excuse me. Praise you and Hemant. Aside, comma, I have a question. So, due to a series of less than stellar life choices, I'm a 32-year-old single mom living with my very Catholic parents in Texas. Non-religious child care is basically non-existent. What alternatives to Christian-based, quote, Mother's Day off programs can you find or recommend for my 18-month-old daughter? Uh, Thank you for keeping me sane in this Jesus-soaked hellhole I currently (laughs) call home. Much love. Penguiny. That is such a tough question. Now, I, I want me I would as having take. zero children. I do have an eighteen month year old eighteen month old dog. So like, I'm really an authority to speak on this. No, I I think this is a thing that um, that a lot of people deal with. I think there's a lot of iterations of this in various people's lives. So whether it's you're a teenager who's living under your parents' roof and have to deal with that kind of thing, whether you're a college student whose parents are paying for your education and you have to deal with that, whether you are depending on people in your life to survive and raise your human child. Yeah. And your parents are the only option for your parents are the only option. We hear this a lot of like my in-laws will watch my kid, but they bring it to bring it, (laughs) bring it to church. I'm very maternal. Yes. Um, So, I, in conclusion, don't have a lot of advice. I, I don't either. I, I was cool. going to say Good for if, us. if child care, if you need child care and the only option is religion, mm-hmm. is a religious-based service, my first thought was like, well, first of all, go take care of your mental health and drop the kid off. Don't yeah. like deal with that stuff later because there are plenty of people who have grown up in religious homes who yeah. will eventually grow out of it. You can also talk to your kid about it later. When they're old enough to kind of know what's going on. So 18 months. They're not doing much. Okay. They're not even really. So, I mean, they're like playing with the Noah's Ark set two by two, right? That's not. Yeah, but they're not ready to tell you exactly what's going on with Noah, per se. Oh, you mean how how God killed an entire planet Mm. except for Noah and his crew? Genocide, because God loves us. Yep. And so they're not quite. Yes. They're not quite there yet. But, I mean, they're picking up on stuff. And if you were dropping your kids off at your parents or their, their grandparents or whatever, uh-huh. and the same thing happened, it'd be like, look, I need the babysitters. I'm dropping them off. But we're going to have a conversation about what you're learning here because other people have different opinions on this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure you're hearing that, too. Yeah. Um, again, this is my mindset, which is the babysitting slash daycare slash anything like that mm-hmm. is more important to me yes. than specifically what they're learning there. Because what's the alternative? That you stay home and take care of them? You're well, going to go crazy and you're not making any money right. then because you're not working. Like, you need the job. You need the time away from the kids, too. I don't know. So I think that's I, all good good points. What do you do if you're in Texas and you don't really have options? I do, And kind of a thing that you hit on in passing it was like take care of yourself too like you're no good to nobody if you're tearing your hair out or if you need to get away from your kids like that's just a, a recipe for so I, I i tend to agree with him in, in that yes like as long as your in-laws or whomever are keeping the child alive that seems like an okay okay thing especially at 18 months here's the question i do have 
for you, Hemant. Yes. So I think that I, I, I okay. Sorry, I need to collect my thoughts better. Um, so I don't think that it is necessarily a good thing to insulate and isolate yourself, right? Like, you know, if and when I have kids, I'm not going to say, if they want to go to church, I'm not going to say absolutely not. You can't. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing, especially if it is the uh, path to open dialogue between you and your you and your kid, right? So as a kid, my I've talked about this a lot. I grew up in a really Catholic area. I didn't go to church with my parents, but if I slept over at a friend's house, you better believe I was going to church with them, and then I would come <laughs> home and like live my life. Yeah. So a, a big part of me is like, it's not poison, right? Like in if you if your kid is coming back and you open the avenue, you know, open the channel of dialogue and say, like, what did you learn? What does that mean to you? This is what it means to me. This is what some people believe. I don't think it's damaging. That said, like, assume, are there, like, really toxic messages that could fuck a kid up? Yeah, there are. And plenty of atheists I know have said that the psychological damage they got through growing up and mm-hmm. dealing with that very fundamentalist type of religious thing mm-hmm. to li- grow up fearing hell with anything you do that might be wrong. Mm-hmm. It's traumatizing. I know. But In this case, I, I don't know specifically what time of church. Uh, yeah, no, she, was she, saying, she wasn't super specific. Right. So I don't know that this but is a fire and brimstone. You're right. all going to hell if you screw anything up sort of place. Did she say or it? just a religious church that happens to teach about God and the basic religious stories. Um, but if you have no options, again, this is the situation you're in. Yeah. Okay, take them there. Just have the conversation with the kids later on about the stuff they're learning. I don't know what else you could do. Yeah, and I also, I wonder if, not that I, like, am bitter or regret, but, like, I don't think if I had grown up with a more open dialogue with my parents about religion and job, because religion was something we just didn't talk about in my house. It wasn't that they were atheists or anti-theists. They just, it was not a topic anybody cared to talk about in the house. And I wonder if... I might have been a little more prepared for the world. I did understand. I did not realize people didn't believe in evolution till I was in college. I didn't realize people genuinely believed in God till I was in junior high. Like I thought it was like a thing we do, and we're all like, "Ah, uh-huh, these are like the way you hear Aesop's fables. They're, yeah. they're you get the moral, but nobody's like, yes, a leopard definitely did a thing, and that's why it has spots, right? Like, um, so I wonder if having that avenue of an open conversation about this is what people genuinely believe you're welcome to this is what i think but you you know think for yourself and and come to your own conclusions i don't think that's a bad thing yeah right unless they're telling your kid that like gay people are going to hell and then i don't know am i helpful or not helpful no i think it's a fair point to make yeah yeah anyway what was your happy thing this week buddy um you know what? I'll tell you this one that made me happy, which is when they had the elections on Tuesday in a bunch of states, including California. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't get much media attention because it was almost a foregone conclusion. But uh, Jared Huffman, who is a Democrat who, mm-hmm. from California, he's already in Congress. He's been there for a little while. Um, and he's also the only openly non-religious member of Congress. Oh. Um, he had his election, his primary election, mm-hmm. He crushed his primary opponents. Physically. Uh, physically. <laughs> and the thing is, like, 
no one doubted that. He, he's a good Democratic representative, and he has support from his, the people he represents. So that is not surprising. The, the takeaway from that, though, is this is a guy who only last, what, November came out as an atheist. Or actually, he said he's a humanist. He so didn't, since he, he's been in office, he came since out? He's, yeah. Interesting. Since he's come out as an atheist, this was his first election of any kind, clearly did not matter. Cool. Yeah. He didn't get hurt by it. It wasn't an issue. Yeah. As far as I can tell, it didn't even come up in from his primary challengers. Uh-huh. Um, that's awesome. Like, yeah. I hope that's a lesson to other members of Congress, especially ones who are either retiring or ones in safe seats where they're like, yeah, I'm going to get elected. It's I don't have even have to campaign. I'll be fine because there are a bunch of those. Mm-hmm. If you're an atheist, now's a really good time to come out because nobody's paying attention. Right. The media is not going to make a big deal about yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good like, point. Five years ago, eh, it would have been a maybe. story. But right now, like, dude, just, all you of you, tweet all of you right now, tomorrow, at like, once. <laughs> yeah. And no matter when you do it, Trump is going to tweet something within the hour that's going to be dumb. He's going to take and, over the news cycle. Yeah. So just... Here's my and happy story. All of you in Congress right now, all the secret atheists I out there. I think you there, know what a happy story is. Uh, that would make me really, <laughs> I, it made me really happy. It, it made me really happy that Huffman didn't seem Your happy to story lose can't a, be a call for happiness. <laughs> <laughs> it made me happy that he didn't even get like, he didn't even flinch. Like the yeah, election that, went no, off, that, not that's even a very, story. That's very exciting to hear. And I know um, there is a lot happening in Congress right now. And the um, the primaries in California were a huge deal because California has a weird primary system. Right. They have like a winner take all kind of thing. So instead of dividing up by, instead of saying like the Democrat with the most votes and the Republican with the most votes go up against each other, it's the top two contenders. So if there's 25 Democrats running and they split the votes and two Republicans, like it, it, it sets up a possibility of even though 75% of people voted for a Democrat, it could still be two Republicans um, head to head for the general election, which is not great. (laughs) Anyway, um, my happy thing. Thank you for asking him My happy thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm reading something that I'll tell you about in just a second. Okay, uh, off 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 mic or can we talk? No, we'll talk about oh, it. It'll okay. be brief. So really quick, my um on Wednesday. So the backstory is my dad in like 1980 bought these really good Cubs tickets when face value for really good Cubs tickets was twenty five dollars per ticket. Yeah, um, it's um so it's right behind first base. So on and off my entire life, I've been very 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 lucky that. I've had access to these seats. My dad hasn't owned them for 20 years, but we still know the people who own them. So about once a year, once every other year, we get tickets to these like excellent seats, second row behind first base. And we went on Wednesday night, uh, and it was me and my husband, my brother, and my dad. And it was maybe the most fun I've ever had at a ball game. First of all, it was gorgeous out second of all we drank many beers and ate all of the peanuts so like my salt intake was top notch (laughs) and we were so they played the phillies we were literally surrounded by phillies fans i would say 85 percent of them were very nice 15 percent of them were less nice and also did get kicked out because they threatened a dude which listen phillies fans i'm not (laughs) holding it against you another day at wrigley (laughs) It is what it is, um, but it was it was so much fun. It was a gorgeous night, and 
it ended in a walk-off Grand Slam by Jason Hayward. My brother had left. My dad had left. It was just me and my husband. like And me watching on a TV and from Hammett, a distance. And Hammett, like, aggressively tweeting at me, like, ready to blame <laughs> me personally for the loss of the Cubs, which felt personal. Um, it was... I've never been at a ball game when it was a walk-off victory. It was, it was just, like, this amalgamation of, like, we were just drinking these, like... 45 minute old warm flat beers and like <laughs> it, it was so 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 fun if you go on my um on my twitter feed i took a ton of pictures just because it was it was an excellent time i'm very 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 privileged for having for getting those great seats the one guy from philly was very nice for me the other guy i did yell at because he said some <laughs> un- <laughs> not great language um but the Phillies played a great game. Oh God. Also my brother, he's going to be so happy when I say this. My brother had maybe the best, um, <laughs> the best shit talk of all time. So where our seats are, if you yell loud enough in a quiet enough spot, the first baseman can defo hear you. <laughs> and the first baseman for the Phillies, his name is Carlos Santana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so my brother, who is, if anything louder than I am, goes, <laughs> Oh no. Hey, Carlos. Carlos looks yes. right at us and he goes, where's Rob Thomas? It's Do you get that joke? The whitest thing you've ever said. First of all, I didn't say it, it's my brother. And the <laughs> be- like, which is a very, very, very funny heckle. The funniest that part I'm sure is... he's never heard before. The, the funniest thing is... <laughs> like, the, the first reason did like the huge, you know, the shrug emoji. He did that like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> didn't get it and didn't care. And that was so good of like, he was listening. He was like, I'm ready to hear your garbage. And he was like, that wasn't even... <laughs> it wasn't that didn't even register. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it was a really great evening. Anyway, What's the thing you're reading um, on Twitter and not listen to my great story? Uh, Kyrie Irving, the basketball player, the New York Times interviewed him. He's the one who really thinks the world is flat, or at least he's been part of that conspiracy <laughs> oh, theory. No, did he figure it out? Uh, no. The New York Times asked him repeatedly, <laughs> wait, do you think the world is flat? Do you think the world is flat? Um, do you or do you not believe the earth is flat or do you not know? Kyrie says, tell me, tell me, tell me. That's what I'm asking you. No, no, no. Can you, can you openly admit that, you know, the earth is constitutionally round? <laughs> like, you know that for sure? Like, I don't know. I was never trying to, whatever. He does this repeatedly in the interview where he said constitutionally, constitutionally round. Bless his and the heart. reporter is, is just he still, is he on one of the Boston Celtics not playing right now? So why are we talking to him? Because he still believes the earth is flat. Okay. And the times reporter is just con- repeatedly like, <laughs> wait, do you believe this or no? And his answer is basically, I'm just asking questions, which is what dumb people say when they don't know stuff. <laughs> I, I will say, I, I think this is a this really... This is the Kat Von D thing, like, you're you're famous and people are looking up to you. Yes. Stop saying stupid stuff when you, if even if you don't know. She well, at least I, seemed uh, confident that she's not doing vaccine. He's like, well, I don't know the answer. Yeah, it is a frustrating That's, thing. Oh. I feel like that is very much of like, well, you can't prove there's no God. It's the same thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. well, okay, <laughs> yes, but that doesn't feel intellectually honest. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else to talk about, Hannah? No, because we're way over time. How long do we go? Uh, like three and a half hours. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. You can check out some pictures from Wrigley Field. Yeah. I did come, like, 
I was on my way to the city and I was like, I need a pride shirt because it's pride month. So I did wear a pride shirt. A lot of people stared at me more funny than I expected them to. Um, and you can email us if you have any questions, comments, concern. You can email us at friendlyatheistpodcast.gmail.com. Patreon.com slash friendlyatheist. Yeah, we... Hey, hey, Hammett. Podcast. Are we... <laughs> I'm sorry. I Go got ahead. it out eventually. <laughs> um, are we going to watch Star Wars? We are. It's scheduled. It is? Finally. Did this you... come next week. Oh, I'm sorry. It's happening. You didn't, Super didn't tell oh, me hey, that. Oh, hey, we're going to watch it next week at your place. Oh, All right. cool. Um, and then we'll record something about what the hell I just that. watched. That's going to be so fun. <laughs> Thanks, Patreons. <laughs> Thank you, Patreon, very much. Um, if you donate, we are um, teeing up to do some transcripts mm-hmm. for the episodes and eventually... <laughs> because the one thing we really want <laughs> is for these words to be evidence. written out. Yeah. <laughs> God, it's just going to be like Jessica talking over Hammond. Um, if you want to say yeah. some not shitty things about me and Hammond, you can go on iTunes. Um, leave a review leave a with review. all the stars. Yeah. And also, hey, guys, just really quick. If you want to say nice things about me, you don't have to dunk on Hammond. Like, <laughs> we like each other. Right? God, I'm like, so, like sure. Okay. I'm so used to it for my family. It's just it's like people good. either talk shit about me or if they want to say something <laughs> nice, they're like, fuck Hammond. Jess is the best. I'm like, well... I feel like there's somewhere in between that we're going to do okay at. It can't possibly be healthy for anybody that I'm just like, what? People are saying, oh, whatever, move on. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely more healthy for me to read every mean <laughs> thing anyone's ever written about me and then show it to everybody I know. That's We both have ways of dealing with being internet people. Neither is helping. <laughs> I saw this. Speaking of which, someone said on Twitter, like, what the hell happened to Hemet from Friendly Atheist? And so I saw that. What happened to you? What happened to him? And I'm like, so I wrote back to the guy because I'm like, stranger. Like, what did I do? What did you do? He wrote back. No, that was literally me saying like, I wonder what happened to him. I hadn't read his stuff in a long time. I wonder if he's still around. I'm like, I I am here. I thought I've been at the same website for ten fucking years. I'm like, I thought I did something wrong, and you were mad about (laughs) it. He's like, oh no, I was just like, oh hey, you're alive. Good to hear from you. (laughs) Cool. All right. As long as they're looking out for you, my dude. Thank you. Um, okay, so we'll talk to you next week. (laughs) Bye.